Hi, everyone. Thanks for checking out the Thrive Podcast. We are the Young Adult Ministry at Maranatha Bible Church, and we meet on Wednesdays at 730 in our Family Life Center. If you enjoy this podcast, we'd love for you to post it to your Instagram story and tag us at NBC Thrive on Instagram. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. Amen. Let me pray as we get started here tonight. God, we just ask that you would speak to us. We ask that you would minister to us. Holy Spirit, we just ask that in a special way you would encourage where we need encouraged. You would challenge us where we need challenged. And God, would you just do only what you can do. We pray this in your name. Amen. You can take a seat. Um, so tonight, we are going to finish up the book of Colossians. If you have your Bibles, uh, try and find it. Colossians, uh, as always, it will be on the screen. I'm going to cover about 16 verses tonight, and i got to read a lot of words that I don't know how to read, so uh, pray for me. But anyway, um, how many times do you go through a, a time or season in your life where you say this phrase? man, I just don't think I can live without that. Or I don't think I can live without that individual person. Maybe it's when, you know, you're on vacation and you're away from someone or something and you're like, man, I just don't think I can make it without him. Man, I just, I like him or I like her. I want to talk to them. And then you realize, man, I should probably talk to them someday or, you know, I should actually uh, pursue them. Or maybe it's something. There's something, your car, your phone. Um, how many of you would say you just don't think you can live without your phone? Just be honest. Just be honest. Phone, pre- a lot of you just line it up right now. You're like, no, nah, I don't even have one right now. Uh, how many of uh, uh, you would say coffee. Just go ahead, coffee. Yes. And, and I'm not saying Starbucks, Frappe, Moco Choco, Loco, Loco, like ice cream, milkshake. I'm talking like real coffee. Um, what about artisan? What about artisan? Sweet, I, these are the first two hands I saw, and I have two gift cards for you guys. Look at this. I actually found those, and I thought of that right before. <laughs> the first two hands I saw were Max and Anna. But anyway, there are, you guys are like, man, gift cards, what happened to that? Um, I've never done that. That was sweet. Anyway, <laughs> um, there are certain things in your life you can't live without, certain things I can't live without. From a Christian perspective, if you're a follower of Christ, um, the Bible talks about this word that we're going to talk about tonight, that you shouldn't be able to live without it. And the idea or the topic we're going to talk about tonight is prayer. Oh, man, Prayer. So simple, uh, so not, not very complex. Uh, it's a very churchy word. It's something that, you know, we throw it around a lot of times. You've heard probably 150 messages on prayer if you've been here for any amount of time. Uh, why? Because the Bible takes prayer very, very seriously. Talks about it a ton. I mean, there is more on prayer in the Bible. I mean, I, I wish I had a stat, but I don't. There's, it's in there a lot. It's like a lot. And when you come to the idea of prayer, most of us are terrified of praying. Like if I were to do an exercise right now, and I were to say, hey, turn to the person on your left, ask them of, you know, what they're struggling with, and say, hey, can I pray for you right now? Let's do, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, if you had to do that, you would start to sweat a little bit. Some of you are. And if you have to pray in front of maybe more than your family or, you know, a- anybody, you really don't know what to say. What am I supposed to say? What does the pastor usually say? How do they say it? What's that one phrase? We take this idea of prayer and make it into what it's not about. 
in prayer, prayer for me, as, and, and I've shared this every time I've talked about prayer, prayer to me is the hardest spiritual discipline out of any of them. You tell me to read the Bible, I can do that. You tell me to share my faith, I can do that. You tell, I mean, put it in any category of spiritual disciplines, and I feel like I can do that. Prayer, I am so ADD, ADHD, I don't know the words, but I am so, like, short attention span, I start to pray, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to make it five minutes. I tried this today. I made it a minute and 15 seconds. I was like, dear God. And then next thing you know, I'm like, what are they doing there? I just, I'm so distracted. And this is why it's also hard for some of us. We don't understand the cause and effect of it. And what I mean by that is we're wanting to get something from God when we pray. Because pastors, and maybe you've asked this question, hey, what is prayer? We'll boil it down into this phrase of this. Hey, the Bible is God communicating to you, and prayer is what? You communicating to God, that you talk to God, which is true. It's very true. But if you've ever tried to talk to God, or if you try on a regular basis, it's actually really hard. It's really hard. You don't know what to say. You don't know if anything's going to change. If he's God and doing his thing, does what I say actually matter? Does he care? And does it, if it doesn't change the way I feel, and if he doesn't do what I asked, why would I go back to him? Oh, you guys are like, yeah, that's it right there. I'm seeing you guys, are like, yep. It, it, and, and when I ask him, is there a certain way to ask him that will actually help him answer me? If I'm asking for direction for a career, right? If, I, if I'm going to God and saying, hey, I need to know what to do. Would you, would you open up a door? Would you make it obvious? And if I feel like he doesn't, I'm like, oh, he, he doesn't answer prayers. If I'm praying for a spouse or a significant other, I'm praying and seeking God, and he truly doesn't, you feel like he doesn't answer. It's been not just six weeks or six months, it's been a year. And you're like, shoot, is he not listening? You're praying that God would maybe restore your parents' marriage or relationship. And you're like, man, I've prayed for that for years, and I feel like I've prayed the right way. Why doesn't he hear? Why doesn't he respond? Or if he responds, you've seen many uh, posts on social media of like, what are the responses of God? It's yes, no, wait, my grace is sufficient. And you're like, well, I mean, how many times he's saying no to me? There are certain people in my life, I feel like when they pray, things actually happen. Things actually happen. And it's just crazy to me. So anyway, as I'm getting into this, there could be, I mean, I, we could talk about prayer. If we could do a 10-week series, and it would be really good, but the, everyone would just quit coming because you're like exhausted of prayer. But uh, tonight, we're just going to cover this idea of prayer in Colossians 4. Uh, but before we jump into that, as I'm talking about this more on a deeper level, why is prayer so difficult? Why is it so difficult? The first reason is this. It is extremely spiritual. Prayer is hard because it is a spiritual act. And I have been doing, I mean, total rabbit trail. I think I'm going to do a, a topic series on demons and angels, but in spiritual warfare later on. But anyway, I believe that when you pray, what makes it so hard, what makes it so difficult, is that I believe Satan attacks your mind and makes you start to believe things that aren't really true, that God doesn't really care, that you've tried it before, that it didn't work before, it doesn't matter, and God's going to do, do whatever he wants anyway. I believe it's extremely spiritual. I believe the reason I can only pray 30 seconds tops is because it's spiritual, 
it's hard for me to disconnect and actually start to pray to God as a father, as a loving father, and petition to him. Second, why is it so difficult? We, we are, we're selfish. We are selfish people. And so when, and this is gonna be the premise of tonight because I got five things about prayer I'm gonna say. But when you and I pray, typically, typically, or when, when, when I do, I'm going to God, why? Because I need something, which is a good thing to pray about. I mean, you should pray for yourself. Jesus prayed for himself all the time. Um, you, you should pray for yourself. But when the, when the majority of the time you approach God and you only pray for you and your situation and your circumstances and your needs, it starts to shift the focus on what prayer is actually about and simply on you, which is the exact opposite of what prayer is actually about. Because uh, for those of you who are type A, you maybe are a little bit more driven, you're not super relational, it's hard, it's hard to, to pray more because we want to see results. You want to see something that will change, you want to see if I pray today, what will God do tomorrow? And what will he do the next day? And what will he do for me right now in the present? Now, it, it, pull up Philippians, I think it's Philippians 4, 6. It says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God in everything. You pick the topic. You're you're, you're struggling uh, in your personal life, pray about it. You're struggling with your career choices, pray about it. There's people in your, your friend groups that are struggling, pray for them. There's situations you don't know what to do, pray about it. And a lot of us, we're like, eat a meal, pray about it. Right? Pray, just pray that up. What is more mind-boggling to me when we pray? I love this. We're about to eat, like, say we all just jumped uh, tonight. We head over to Five Guys. And Five Guys is great. We're eating a burger and fries and milkshake. Maybe you go get that milkshake from Starbucks, whichever way. And, and we sit down to eat. Someone will start to say, dear God, would you bless this food to my body? In the nourishment of it, would you, would you change this food? And we, and we start to ask God to bless that cheeseburger and fry. I don't care how spiritual you are. I mean, it's going to mess you up. And, and, and it's okay. But I mean, we just pray funny prayers sometimes. Uh, and, and I pray this sometimes. I'll catch myself where I will start to say, God, would you just be with us? Seems like a legit prayer. And then I start to think about it. I'm like, when is he not with us? I'm like, he's he here, like he's with us. I mean, the Bible says he's, he's with us. And I'm like, would you just be here? I'm like, he's like, I'm here. Like, you don't have to ask. So there are certain things that we pray that are funny prayers, but then it says pray about every, anything, everything. You pick it. You pick the topic, you pray about it. And God wants to hear. He does listen. There's tons, I mean, there's floods of verses about when he doesn't listen, but I believe more times than not, he has a wide open ear as a loving father, and he wants you to come to him. He wants you to come to him. So uh, to jump into Colossians chapter 4, uh, verses 2 to 4, what are you praying for? It says, continue steadfastly in prayer. That word continue is a, a difficult one because it's saying keep doing what you're already doing. And I'm like, well, what if I'm not praying? 
Hey, keep praying, he's saying, the way that you're praying. Continue on, keep walking in this path, keep on keeping on. He's saying, keep praying steadfastly in prayer. And when it says steadfastly, it means pursue, diligence, uh, initiating. It is, it is, I mean, prayer, the Bible will talk about prayer in this weird language that has to do with, like, it's work. It's actually hard. It's going to talk about here in a little bit that you would labor in prayer. It's crazy. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, all the I-A-N-S books, uh, when it talks about prayer, it always brings up thanksgiving. And the question I've had to ask is, when, what am I praying for? Are my prayers, are they ever, God, thank you. God, thank you. Because when I don't thank God, I start to resent or resist what he's doing in my life. Thankfulness. A thankful heart is one that God will start to answer. At the same time, so he's saying pray. At the same time, pray also for us. So he's asking for a prayer request here. Now, um, when we share prayer requests, I mean, it, it always gets a little hairy. If you've been in a small group, you're like, all right, guys, let's do prayer requests. And we start to go around. There's one of you in this room that has said, hey, my dog is not feeling well. <laughs> so, I mean, I just, my, he called it out. That was it. Uh, my dog is pretty sick. Now, it said, the Bible says pray about anything. Pray about anything you want, everything. Yeah, we can, we can pray for Fufu, whatever the dog's name is. Pray for anything. And then there are some, everyone in this room, not just one of you, has said, Man, would you, would you pray? I got some, I got this exam coming up tomorrow. I haven't studied a bit. I haven't even looked at the material. I didn't even attend the class. I, I paid my sister to watch the online class and I got to take this exam tomorrow. Would you pray for me? And it's always like, well, what do you want me to pray? That God would miraculously give you all the information in your brain for 30 minutes, right? So anyway, you guys, you guys know. Um, he's asking for a prayer request. This is what he says that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on which, uh, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. So this is crazy. This is, I don't know what to do with this. This guy is in prison. He is going through a more difficult season than you and I have ever thought about going through. I mean, this guy has been through hell. It says in one of his letters, he got back lashes whipped 39 times, five separate times. I mean, just, just imagine, just imagine that. This guy is getting beat. I mean, the first time you would get whipped would, would suck, right? The second time, I mean, you're, you're still scarred up. I mean, just think about it. There's still scabs. You're sore. There's, and then the third at that point, I'm kind of like, God, what are we doing? The third time, I'm like, hey, I'll just, I'll quit. Like, what do I got to do? The, the fourth time, think about that. This guy, he's in prison, and he's getting beat because he's a Christian. And then the fifth time, I mean, that's just one of them. And then he says, pray for us. And what is his prayer request? His dog ain't sick. He ain't got a test tomorrow. He says, would you pray that we would share the gospel and make it clear, which is how we ought to speak? That's crazy to me. My question for you and my question for me is this. Am I praying that God would simply help me or allow me to help someone else? 
when I pray to God, am I praying, is my prayer request, or when someone says, how can I pray for you? Is it, God, would you give me boldness in my faith? Would you help me to help someone else? Would you help me to share with my friend right now who is, if, if you're a Christian here and we believe or you believe in the idea of hell, which is not popular at all. I mean, you just can't even find anything on hell anymore. That we believe people apart from Christ will pay for their sin in hell for eternity. Separation from God, which is a real place. And the more I think about hell, the more it drives me insane. So he's saying, as there are people apart from Christ, would you help me to share the gospel and make it clear? Would I share the gospel and make it clear that Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead? That you need to repent and believe in Jesus. Am I pr- what am I praying for? What are you praying for? As we were talking about, as food or even air or water is to the body, so is prayer for the Christian. It's truly supposed to be an IV that is set up, set up between us and God. It is a lifeline for us. In this passage, because I have to do it, it's in Luke 11. This one is crazy. Or is it, is it in there, Luke 11, 5 to, to 9? If not, no big deal. Wow, that's a lot. Let's try this. Jesus said, this is red letter stuff. Which of you has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. So he's saying, hey, you've, you've showed up at midnight asking for food, and I would probably say the same thing to you. You're like, hey, Mike, I'm hungry. I'd be like, hey, we, we out. I mean, we're sleeping. We ain't got nothing here. Go, go, go to sheets. I don't know what to tell you. He, he says, I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is a friend, yet because of his impudence, or it says in the NIV, which I like better, shameful audacity. He will rise up and give him whatever he needs. What is shameful audacity or impudence? It is bothering the heck out of someone. You show up at my house and you say one time, hey, Mike, I'm hungry. I'm like, bro, it's 2 a.m. Like, figure it out. You're like, hey, no, we're hungry. Second time, I'm like, dude, seriously, this is a problem. Third time, okay, now I'm mad. Fourth time, get, just get in here, hope, whip something up. Come on, get the PB&Js. We got to do something. His impudence, his shameful audacity, and right after this is the passage that says, if anyone would seek, he will find. Anyone who knocks, the door will be open. You knock one time, you knock one time, and we say, God, what the heck? I asked you, and God's like, you've asked other people for things you wanted more more important for things less important than this you've wanted i mean you want something minor you want your professor to change your grade and you're freaking out losing your mind you want me to help you in a situation and you barely will, will will lose your breath over that i want you to bother me. he wants to know that you really want it it is in isaiah you don't have to turn there i was going to save it till later but it's so good it says in isaiah 62 check this out On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have set up watchmen 
all the day and all the night. They shall never be silent. This is crazy. You have put the Lord in remembrance. Take no rest and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem. So this is what God did in Isaiah 62. He set up people or watchmen or people in charge and said, I want you to bother the mess out of me until I do what you want. I want you to just keep petitioning to me, crying out to me, calling to me. I don't want to hear you just one time on a, on a Sunday morning. I want to hear you every day constantly. And you're like, that's a lot of work. I know. It's hard. It, it's truly, it's spiritual. It's something that takes effort from us. So what are you praying for? When you go to God, when I go to God, what are we asking for? If I truly want deliverance from sin I'm struggling with, why, why don't I actually get serious about it and say, God, would you help me? If I'm asking for something that God is just not, not showing up where I want him to, why don't I get serious and I start getting some other people to pray with me and for me at the same time? Start petitioning to God. Number two, because we are, I mean, we just covered two verses. We're in trouble. Um, who are you praying for? Verses five to six. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So who are you praying for? I would be willing to bet if I were to get some kind of transcript of your prayers or my prayers over the past week, month, 98% of them will be for for us as individuals. Which, like I said, I'm not trying to guilt you. You shouldn't pray for yourself ever again. No, Jesus prayed for himself. You should. The Bible tells you to. But sometimes, when he says in verse 2, continue in prayer, he says, walk, and then he says, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of your time. God, would you allow me, help me to pray and to see opportunities that I just miss. How many times have I needed to say something, needed to share, and I absolutely blew it? I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. It says in 1 Peter 3, 15, it says, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. So don't be a jerk, don't be a moron, but do it with love, gentleness, and respect. Seasoned, gracious with salt. So it, this idea, this idea of who I am praying for, who are the people, like I was saying a little bit ago about the people that you would know, and this, this passage is so... I don't want to say passive, but it allows us to be passive because it says, it doesn't say run out, find six people and share the gospel with them before you go to bed and then you can sleep with peace. The Bible doesn't say that at all, ever. It says, be ready, pray for an open door, when the time comes, say something. If you don't say something, why don't you go back and tell them, hey, I should have said something. This is what I believe in. This is what I believe the gospel is. And I think that, you, you know, say something. Who are you praying for? And this is the challenge Paul gives us. That when Paul was at his lowest point, his goal was someone else. His goal was someone else. And when you and I are typically looking for, I'll use the word spiritual power, we're typically looking for it when we're focusing inward. 
So this will be the whole idea of the next series we're in on you are gifted about spiritual gifts, going to producing. We'll focus on the idea of, of me instead of what can I do for someone else. And when you start to pray and ask God to open doors to share the gospel, the sweet thing is the Holy Spirit wants that to, wants that to happen, so he's going to give you opportunities. And then once you get opportunities, you'll start to see, oh my gosh, I can start to sense God leading me in this direction or that direction. Number three, could you be an answer to someone's prayer, someone else's prayer? I've actually never prayed this before. Uh, On Monday, I started working through this, and I was like, shoot, um, I've never prayed this before. Here we go. Tychicus is that name. Will tell you all about my activities. He is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I have, and this is crazy right here. I have sent him to you for this very purpose that he may, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they will tell you of everything that has taken place here. So here is kind of the the gist of this taking place. He is saying, hey, I'm going to tell you about these guys. And when these guys come, they're going to tell you stories about me. And the reason they're coming is to encourage you to help you. And they're going to tell you the story about me and where I am. And so here is this idea or thought for us to think through. When I tell stories about others, what stories do I tell? When I talk about someone else, what do I talk about? What do I say? Could God, could God send me or send you to be, to be an encourager? I mean, encouraging, unless it's like your thing, it's hard. It's kind of awkward, isn't it? You're like, hey, good job. That was nice. I'll kind of slide up on their story, give them like the things like, that's me encouraging. Like I gave, <laughs> you know, I, that, that, was, that was the extent of my encouragement. But encouragement is specific it's timely, it's helpful. I mean, it, it's, it's truly that part of it. And here's what's crazy. Uh, go back to the passage or, or the verse that we were just at. He says, and he will, they will tell you of everything that has taken place here. Are there sometimes bad things you could share about people, yes or no? Yeah, I mean, and, and, when, and, and when you have to share, get to share, I think these guys coming... Onesimus and Tychicus, this guy, they're coming to encourage. They could say, man, that one time Paul just blew it. Man, that other time he said this, I wouldn't have said that. Man, this one time he said this to the jailer. No, they're there saying, hey, we need to pray for them. And the other week, it was two weeks ago, I think I have to share this because I think God told me to before I got here. I'm serious. It was uh, two weeks ago. I talked in chapter 3. And I was talking about anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk. I was talking about gossip, okay? And I had a conversation here afterwards, okay? And I went home. And I had, I mean, when I heard, the, heard that someone told someone this and they told it to me, I was pretty fired up. I was like, I can't, I cannot believe this. I get home, I went like this. I threw my phone down and I said, Hope, you will not believe this person, it wasn't anyone in this room. I don't think any of you would know them. And I, and I set my phone there and I said, this so-and-so told so-and-so this and this. And I started to trace back all this gossip. Well, I just started lighting this guy up. And it wasn't, 
was it gossip? I kept trying to think about this. It was venting. Everything I was saying was true, but I just wasn't saying it to his face, so I probably shouldn't have been saying it. Ten minutes later, I go over to my phone. I get a text from that guy. Hey, man, I had a missed call from you in a voicemail. Did you need something? And when I set my phone down, I said his name, my phone called him, and the voice, yeah, you guys are freaking out because this is your worst nightmare. And, and, and afterwards, I mean, I, I walked over to my phone, I was like, yeah, I was like, hope you won't believe this. And I was like, I got to call him back. So, and I looked, I did call him, my, they had picked it up, Siri had picked it up, I called the guy, left a one minute voicemail, and I mean, I'm loud enough to where, I mean, he had to hear me, ha- had to hear everything I said. And there was a piece of me that was like, I mean, he needed to know. <laughs> he needed to know. And then there was another piece of me that was like, I mean, I was just talking about gossip tonight. I was like, what is wrong with me? I was like, this is, this, and, and, and it, was, it was a good lesson for me of like, hey, if you, God, God for, for me, God was like, hey, if you won't listen, I'm just going to make a fool out of you. And I had to call the guy right after. It was very awkward. But who, and, and for me, I'm thinking even about this guy who I was struggling with, worried about. I was like, how could, how could have I encouraged him? Could God use me to encourage someone? If you had to encourage someone, some of you are like, what is encouragement? What is that? We've been talking about it for like five minutes. What is it? How do I up- uplift someone? How do I make someone's day better? How do I, I mean, for us, is it sending a text, writing a note? Is it making a phone call? Is it initiating a conversation, walking up to someone, saying a few kind things that you typically wouldn't say? What, what would it be for you? I mean, I might do something right now. We just text one person in your contacts, somebody that you would reach out to and say, hey, I want to let you know this about you is great and, you don't, and no one else does this as good as you. I just wanted to let you know that. People would think, I mean, they're, they're going to be concerned. I say that to someone, they're like, what do you want? What, 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 are you, what are you asking me? What do you want? Right? I don't want that to be my reputation. I want it to be like, no, when he's around, he, he, he's looking at what's best. He's not always critiquing. When I tell stories, what stories do I tell? And fourth is how to be a prayer warrior. Now, the reason I said question mark is because the word prayer warrior, raise your hand if you've heard the word prayer warrior. Okay, it's not in the Bible, but we say it a lot, which is totally fine. It's just, you can't find it, but there are people who are prayer warriors. I had someone tell me today, um, this is insane. They said, hey man, we heard about what happened and you were struggling on Monday and this thing came up and I told someone, and I'm not going to get in the details, I don't want you to find out who it was, but anyway, they, they told me that Monday night they, they prayed for you all night. I'm like, oh man, that's, that's great, thanks. He said, no, 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 like, like she, she didn't go to sleep. I was like, is she not working or what? And he was like, no, she prayed the entire night for you. She slept an hour and then went to work. I was like, how do you pray that long? And I was like, no, she, he was like, no, for, for your situation, for you, she prayed one, or she prayed the whole night. And I was like, I was tapped. I've never done that. I've never done that. That, to me, is a prayer warrior. Uh, you would know. Nick Thompson, my man, he's a pastor down south right now. He used to live here. When this guy, Nick, used to pray for me, 
stuff would happen. I mean, just insane. I would go and be like, bro, what'd you do? You prayed? I mean, that was it? He was like, I just gave it to the Lord, man. I'm like, how'd you do that? <laughs> Tell me, I want to give it to the Lord. Like, how'd, and, and they're a prayer warrior. So I think that's the type of people this is talking about. Um, oh, I'll come up here. Oh, gosh. Articacus, I believe is the name, or Ar- whatever. My fellow, you couldn't say it either. Don't laugh at me. <laughs> My fellow prisoner greets you. And Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice, not the Jesus we're thinking about, I'm not talking about that tonight. These are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God. And they have been a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is with you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you. Here we go. Always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. Go to verse 13. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and Heropolis. Luke, the beloved physician, greets you, as does Demas. Give me greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and to the church in her house. Go back to verse 12. Always struggling on your behalf. The word struggling is truly this idea of working or laboring or sweating. It's taking effort. It's taking effort. I, on a regular basis, because I always get out of whack, I'll say, okay, hey, for the next week, I'm going to pray for the next 10 minutes. Okay, or the first 10 minutes of my day, I'm going to make a list, and then I'm going to pray through that list. Some of you laugh at lists. You don't understand why you got to do it. Some of you are like, I just, the Bible says pray without ceasing. That's me. I just pray all the time. That's hard for me. It's, it, and the Bible does say pray without ceasing. Ephesians 6, uh, 16, or 18 says pray at all times in the Spirit. And prayer, we're not going to do the postures here tonight, but There are five postures, physical postures, whether you get on your knees or raise your hands or close your eyes or get on your face, postures that would be external that would show your internal position. So I would say, hey God, I have this situation going on. It's causing me anxiety. It's causing me fear. It's causing me discontentment. And to be honest, God, the only time I'm praying is maybe in my car for about 15 seconds, if that. Maybe before a meal, if, if I'm lucky, which I'm guilty of. All right, God, once a week from right when I wake up, I'm going to take a lap in my neighborhood and just pray. That's the time I'm going to set aside to pray. I'm going to set aside time, just like I would for anything else that I care about or put effort in or want to see results, I'm going to do so. I'm going to change the way I think about it and the way that I do things with it. I'm going to I'm going to actually put work and effort into it. Prayer when it says struggling, it has this idea of fighting. And I've had to ask this question is who am I fighting for? Who am I fighting for? It's in the word struggling is the same word that is in Genesis 32 when Jacob fought with God or wrestled with God that he went to battle in a sense that it took effort. When you go to pray, 
It is truly, truly, I don't want to weird you guys out tonight about spiritual warfare, but it is a spiritual battle. When you go to pray, there's things that come up in your mind that you don't even know how they got there. It's always your to-do list. Your phone will always go off. It'll always come up that God's super mad at you right now. And if, if he would have known about this or you wouldn't have done this, if you really loved him, you would have done this. All this stuff starts to flood your mind. And then you're like, yeah, this just doesn't work for me. And when I pray or I'm struggling in prayer, I'm working in prayer, I'm laboring in prayer, it's taking effort and I expect it to. The Bible just says, expect it to be hard. Expect it to be one of those things that other people talk about and it sounds like they're doing really good and you're the only one that's not good at it. And then you're kind of like, well, if I'm communicating to God, why doesn't he say anything back to me? Why does it feel this way? I think that is truly, truly spiritual. And this last idea is this, what is the reward of prayer? Because that's, why pray? Like, why even pray? If God, I'll wait. <laughs> and, when, and when this letter has been read among you, which we've went through this whole letter if you've been here, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans and see that you also read the letter from the Laodiceans and say to Agrippus, I think his name is, here it is, see that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord I, Paul, write this letter, or write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. So, James 4 says, if you would ask, God would be willing to give you. If you would say something, God would want to answer you. The implication is that if you don't ask, God is not going to do it. Now, does God know if you're going to pray and if you're going to get it or give it or whatever? I don't know. I think so. But from our perspective, we need to say, man, if the Bible says, why, why even pray? Because I would fulfill the ministry that I've received from the Lord. That I would not fulfill my ministry or, or Mike's plan for his life. The biggest... Man, the way you can totally miss it is if you live your life just for yourself. The, the reward for prayer is that you get so in tune with God, you would say, man, I'm gonna do whatever he wants me to do, go wherever he wants me to go, and be whoever he wants me to be. That's, that's the goal, that's the reward. It's a, it's a deeper relationship with God. And I'm instantly like, but what's he gonna, what's the cause and effect? It's a relationship. That's the reward? Yep. What's that look like? It's a relationship. It's deep. It's, it's consistent. Okay. That's what it says. The reward is that you get, and this is, not, this is not sexy, this is not new, this is not, you know, catchy or tricky. You get God. That's what you get. When you pray, you get God. And that's what I get. And God wants to be enough. He wants to be enough. He is enough. This whole, and as we wrap up this empty series in Colossians, the lie that you and I are fed or that people chase after is to be fulfilled in their own life, is not to be fulfilled in God's. To find fulfillment in who you are, to make a lot of money, 
to make a big name for yourself, to get some freedom, to have the opportunity to move away, to you fill in whatever the gap or whatever the fulfillment is for you. But God says, but what would it look like for you to say, hey, fulfill the ministry that God's given me. What about God? What does he have to say? So why don't we pray? I'm gonna close um, as we as we finish out here, reading a prayer um, in Ephesians. And what I would like to do as we close out here, I'm gonna give us some time to pray. Um, just in the, the quietness and awkwardness of the room, um, you are free to stand up, sit down. You can get on your knees if you want. You can position yourself however you would like. Um, but we're just gonna pray. And I'm gonna read and then we're, gonna, we're just gonna pray for a little bit. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints, what is the breadth, length, and height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. And as we're praying right now, I just want to give you some time. <clears throat> Maybe you haven't set aside any time to pray, but just to confess some things. Lord, I know I confess to you that I just don't pray enough. I just don't. And I know eventually excuses just have to go. Maybe for some of you, you need to confess some sins that are pretty serious and it's, a, it's just really weighing you down. And maybe for some of you, there are some lighter things, but it's, they're just in the back of your mind. And every time this stuff comes up, it's always like God brings that one thing up and it's just really annoying. <clears throat> the Bible says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you. Would we just take some time in our own mind and heart to be thankful? I'm reminded that every time I pray, I should say something I'm thankful for. I can't even imagine what my life would be like without you currently. 
can't even imagine where I would be. You have blessed me. You've blessed us in so many minor, major ways. We can't even fathom it. Would you help us to be a thankful people? Would you pray now and just praise God only for who he is and what he's done? Would we pray now just for one one person that we need to encourage? It's a, it's a family member, it's a coworker, it's someone at school, it's someone here tonight, you know they're struggling. You probably should have said something a while ago. Maybe you need to write them a letter or something, but would we just pray for that one person we need to encourage right now? we just pray for one person that needs to trust Christ as Savior. We've never shared with them. We haven't said anything or we haven't said anything in a while. Maybe we started to pray for them a long time ago, but we just kind of gave up and thought they're too far from God and they don't really care anymore. And someone who believes that hell is real and heaven is real and Jesus is, is so much better just take a second and pray for them. And if you're in this room and you've never accepted Christ, and if you were to die tonight, you would go to hell and you, it just bothers you all the time. You don't have a relationship with Christ. The Bible says, if you confess and believe, you will be saved. And if that is you, would you just slip up your hand real quick? If you're praying a prayer for God to save you and you never have. pray that you would help us to be a people who not only tolerate prayer, but love to pray. That our relationship with you and communion with you would be what we would be marked by. Holy Spirit, would you guide us into prayer? And Lord, I just thank you now, even as we get to sing songs and praises to you, would you help us to do so with set aside at whatever's on our mind and heart and really just focus on you and who you are. Would you guys stand as we sing a few more songs?